Welcome to the Give Back Economy, a podcast about social innovation and social enterprise. Now with your host, Peter Miller. Welcome and today we go to the east coast of Canada to talk to Louise Adonjo and she's with Inspiring Communities and she has an assistant with her in her car who may (laughs) be part of the uh, podcast. So that's part of what we do. So welcome Louise. Thank you so much Peter. Really honored and grateful to be here. Okay, I forgot also she's an award winner, but we'll get into that a little bit later. So (laughs) tell me about your academic situation. Where did you go to school? Um, I went to school, I did my undergraduate in Southern Africa in Botswana at a place called University of Botswana. And then I did a graduate degree in plant biochemistry in New Brunswick. Um, And then I have uh, another graduate degree in health services research from Dalhousie University in Nova Scotia. So you didn't want to work. You just wanted to go to school. Not (laughs) really. This is is the thing. So uh, tell us about your work experience. I have uh, experience in um, provincial government. I also have experience in nonprofit from earlier in my career. Which ones? Which ones? Not any in Canada, actually. I I lived in yeah, I lived in Namibia for a little bit, and I worked on a project that was a partnership between the Polytechnic there and the Swedish International Development Agency. Um, And then I worked in nonprofit a little bit in Canada uh, um, on a mentorship program for immigrant women from Africa or women of African descent. Um, and then I worked in various departments in the province, and then now I'm in this role again in the, in the nonprofit sector again as executive director of Inspiring Communities. Okay, so Inspiring Communities in itself inspires people. <laughs> so tell us where the name came from. Um, I've been in this role a year, and the organization has existed for... Three years as a nonprofit, three or four years as a nonprofit, and two years before that. I'm not sure where the name came from. I can share that it inspires me as well. And the organization was formed to support uh, bringing community resources, people, organizations, multiple sectors together to really focus on what residents were saying was important to them and to find new ways of answering questions um, of how do we deal with sticky issues um, in a way that centers the voices of community members. So I think that might have been where the name came from, is how how do we support communities to be inspiring, and or how do we find who is inspiring us in existing communities? That's how I choose to think of it. Okay. So what does the organization do? We are a intermediary, so we don't provide direct services other than perhaps if someone is looking for somebody to convene and host meetings or or, or set up workshops. Um, 
where we find ourselves is in bringing organizations together or organizations and residents and government or academic partners together to work on topics of interest. So in one of our initiatives, we have worked a bit on substance use and on intergenerational trauma through research and trying to kind of uncover what are some of the, what is of hope, what does trust look like, how are people and communities resilient? In another one of our communities, we've looked at housing through housing labs and what are the elements of the housing crisis and how it shows up in community from various community member perspectives. Um, community we've looked at you and what are some of the elements to they kind of some of what we work for we're not providing direct to individual services but we bring groups together okay talk about the importance of team funding and partnership oh my goodness you found the trifecta so team funding and partnership, I would say that to do the kind of work that we do where you're, where, where you, we aren't doing the work and people might come to us with an issue that needs to be addressed. So I'm kind of thinking like in Del, the work we're doing with Dalhousie University right now on street party culture, um, team and building team and re forming teams if there's any fracture is really important because we are often working with teams of multiple individuals with multiple perspectives and multiple contexts. Um, a lot of experts, but experts in different things. So building a team around the work that is being done and putting the work at the center of the team is something that we have learned um, and I have learned personally before I got here is really important. Um, I'll do partnership second before I do funding is the work really doesn't, it doesn't work well without partnerships and without really being upfront about what is your own agenda as well as what is the shared agenda in the partnership. Um, if, if, you, if we're not able to come to a place where we're honest about what we want out of something, it shows up in invisible ways that can undermine the work that we're doing. So if I think about a, actually a conversation that we had very recently with a, one of our partners in work that we're doing on improving a sense of belonging for immigrants and newcomers through um, work we're doing with service provider organizations and our partner is ERASA, we talked about the principles of, of partnership and spoke around some articles and of the principles and accountability and responsibility was a huge one, mutual benefit, making sure you pay attention to equity, diversity, and inclusion and representation, and a number of others that I can't remember right now, but I can share with you uh, links to put in the show notes. Um, really paying attention to the relationships and the partnerships is almost as important, if not more important, than the work that you do together. And that's something I think I've always thought because I've worked in different contexts where the project doesn't necessarily go how you wanted it to, but because the partnership is strong, you can actually talk about that. And the partnerships, in my experience, have outlasted the project. Um, and so they've created opportunities to do new, new projects together. So I'll finish by saying on funding, uh, it's really the oil that greases the wheels. Um, and, and coming to the nonprofit sector where funding can be precarious, it's definitely a conversation 
uh, that I'm excited to see coming out of the pandemic that is happening in a meaningful way around how we support the sector better, how philanthropic foundations can step up. And I was really heartened to hear that in budget 2022, some work CRA is doing around disbursement quota and making sure that uh, charities or foundations are dispersing to the maximum of what they should be dispersing for funds uh, because a lot of organizations and a lot of partnerships and a lot of the work that needs to be done really can't be done well without the um, adequate funds. Okay, so tell us about the award you won. Yes, so I was very uh, pleased to find out uh, earlier this year that I was awarded one of Atlantic Canada's top 25 powerful women for 2022. So every year they award this, um, and I don't know how long they've been doing it, and this year was the first year that they actually gave a physical award. Um, and it was just really an amazing experience. And my daughter, who you can hear in the, in the call, was with me and immediately used the award as a paperweight. So, <laughs> so definitely uh, helps me stay grounded. But it was just to, nice to enjoy that experience with her. And she now wants to know when we're getting our next award. <laughs> so, Louise, where do you see the organization three years from today? You know, that's a really, that's a really good. That's a really good question you've asked. And I came in the organization at a, a, a transition point where some of our multi-year funding was coming to an end, but new funding was possible. And we're just right now working on a strategic plan. So I think in three years from now, the organization will have communicated more the lessons we've learned from the work that we've done. We have experimented with multiple approaches for gathering community members, multiple approaches for community seed grants. We've done um, developmental evaluation to, sh to track our learnings and share them. So I think three years from now, we will be deepening the work that we do with the ex communities that we're in. Would love to see us work with new communities and would love to see us share what we're learning throughout Atlantic Canada and with partnerships or conversations with people doing similar work across Canada. So right now, you're just in the one province? We are, yeah, we're a nonprofit based in Nova Scotia and registered in Nova Scotia, but because we are the Social Innovation Canada node for Atlantic Canada, we are trying to uh, do some work in Atlantic Canada and thus far have been able to do it through seed grants but would like to see three years from now do a little bit more work in Atlantic Canada, but definitely in terms of sharing our learnings and, and, and communicating what we've learned, but learning more from people in other parts of the nation, that is definitely something to work towards in three years. So in our case, we use the term social franchise to expand what uh, we're doing. And we kind of like that term doesn't have the same presence as a uh, franchise. So we call it a social franchise. I like that term. Um, I will be honest that I'm glad that you said what you said because I watched the McDonald's movie and it, 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 left, it left me with a poor taste in my mouth, I gotta say, in terms of how that franchise started and developed. But maybe it was just a movie. 
Yeah. Um, I do want to add, though, that what I like about what I'm hoping you're saying about social franchises, it's not about saying everything we're doing works and just take it wholesale and apply it elsewhere. It's really how do we be in relationship to learn together to really see what works in what context and for what group of people and for how long. So there's a, there's a lot of a lot of a change in what you do. You're a promoter of change and innovation. So yes, it's, it's right in our name. Yeah, <laughs> and, and that's terrific. So what is your website? Ca. If you Google, we define us as a nonprofit that is working in systems change. So inspiringcommunities.ca. I think that's what I got from that. You're kind of going in and out a little bit, but don't worry. Don't worry about it. So. So somebody's driving too fast, obviously. I didn't. I didn't realize three-year-olds could drive that that well. She's good. So she's very good. NASCAR could use her. So. Sure <laughs> so having said that, I want to thank you for what you're doing, and for telling your story and the story of your organization. Thank you so much.